Orthodox Journey. A missionary activity of the Greek Orthodox Christian Society, working under the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of Australia, presents Ascending the Ladder, a series on St. John Climacus's Ladder of Divine Ascent. Ascending the Ladder seeks to explore the spiritual gems found in this traditional Lenten reading. In the Orthodox Church, it is the tradition that Great Lent, the 40 days before the start of Holy Week and Pascha, is a time of increased spiritual activity. We pray more, both as individuals and as a church. We fast from certain foods. We struggle to live more virtuously and cut away our passions. We also read more from the Bible and other spiritual books. One of the books that has been recommended reading for centuries during Lent is The Ladder of Divine Ascent, which was written by St. John Climacus, also known as St. John of the Ladder. This series of podcasts and interviews will explore this great book, which is a guide to living and thinking in a God-pleasing way. But who was St. John, and why is this book recommended for this time of year? St. John was a monk at Mount Sinai, and today we see that whole region, Palestine, Gaza, Sinai, as a very dangerous place, full of strife and conflict. In the 6th and 7th centuries AD, there were places of prayer and asceticism. We still read about the monastic fathers of this area, many of whom are commemorated as saints of our church. These include great saints in Palestine, such as Saint Savas the Sanctified and Saint Theodosius the Canobiarch. There were also fathers in the desert around Gaza, such as Saint Varsanufius, Saint John the Prophet, and Saint Isaias. These saints, along with Saint Dorotheos of Gaza, were strong influences for Saint John Climacus, who lived very shortly after their time. All of these fathers were inheritors of the monastic tradition which was built up over centuries in the deserts of Egypt, Syria, and the Holy Land. These traditions and practices were passed on by saints, elders, and monks, and were lived by St. John Climacus, who received everything that was passed on. He didn't live in a vacuum. He was part of this tradition and fulfilled this tradition. 
It was this understanding of the virtues, passions, and spiritual struggle which is contained in the Ladder of Divine Ascent. Outside of the Ladder of Divine Ascent, we know surprisingly little about St. John's life. However, much of what we do know of him is written by a monk at the Raithu Monastery, which neighboured where St. John lived most of his life. St. John was born in Syria around 523 AD. At the age of 16, he joined the monastic brotherhood of the famous Sinai Monastery, which at that time was the Monastery of the Burning Bush but is now known as the Monastery of St. Catherine, on Mount Sinai where the Burning Bush still stands and where Moses received the Ten Commandments. This monastery was expanded by the saint and emperor Justinian in the year 556 and still stands to this day. For the next 19 years of St. John's life, he devoted his time at the monastery to prayer, spiritual struggle, and monastic labours under the guidance of the Abbot Martyrios. After Abbot Martyrios's repose, St. John withdrew to a place called Thola to live the next 40 years of his life as a hermit in isolation. Throughout his life, due to his example, St. John drew many toward the faith. His influence and popularity in the region grew, and St. John became so prominent that he found it hard to escape somewhere for prayer and silence. He was always followed by many pilgrims and monks who were eager to hear him speak and receive help and spiritual wisdom from the saint. Because St. John was so sought after as a spiritual father, some other monks in the area criticized St. John and accused him of being a gossip and engaging in idle talk. As a result, St. John lived for a year in absolute silence and only agreed to speak after the monks who criticized him asked him to speak. Through the grace of God, St. John received many spiritual gifts in his lifetime and many miracles were worked through him because of them. Most notably through the gift of foresight, St. John was able to save the life of his disciple Moses. St. John had a vision which signaled to him to pray for Moses' safety as he was in imminent danger of being flattened by a boulder in his sleep. After his time as a hermit concluded, St. John was elected to be the abbot of Sinai Monastery. On the day when he was installed as abbot, 600 pilgrims came to visit the saint at Mount Sinai. When they sat down for supper that day, they all noticed a young man dressed as a Jew who was serving them at the table and giving orders to the other servants. The young man then disappeared before their eyes. While everyone was struck with curiosity and wonder, St. John said, Do not bother to look for him. That was the prophet Moses serving you in his own home. We do not know for how long St. John was the abbot at Mount Sinai. Just before his passing, St. John installed his brother George, also a monk at Mount Sinai, as abbot. This allowed St. John some solitude for his final days. George was very saddened at the loss of St. John, but before his passing, St. John told George that he would pray to God for George to be taken to heaven that same year. Demonstrating St. John's holiness and closeness to God, 
this came to pass exactly as St. John foretold. George succeeded him as abbot and later joined St. John a year later. Aside from his example of holiness and the spiritual wisdom that St. John provided to the monks in his care, St. John has also exerted a strong influence on monasticism, both in his own time and in the centuries since. Toward the end of St. John's life, the abbot of the Raithu Monastery, knowing of St. John's holiness, requested St. John write down a set of instructions for monks who wish to obtain spiritual perfection. Although these writings were originally written for the monks of Raithu Monastery, they were soon shared and spread very widely. Within a few centuries, the latter of divine ascent had spread throughout the Christian world and was translated into many languages, including Syriac and Slavonic. Many saints, even as early as the 10th and 11th centuries, have been influenced by the latter, including Saint Simeon the New Theologian and Saint Nilos of Rosano, a 10th century monastic saint living in southern Italy. The latter, as it's now colloquially known, is one of the most well-known and appreciated books in our Orthodox Church, both for monastics and for lay people. The Ladder of Divine Ascent was inspired by Jacob's famous vision in the Old Testament, where he saw angels ascending and descending a ladder which reached from heaven to earth. The book takes this idea and designates a rung of the ladder for each step that a person is required to take if they wish to be united with God. The latter isn't a precise measurement of where Christians are in their spiritual life. It's simply a guide as to the virtues that are required to be obtained and the passions that require cutting out. St. John writes that anyone with faith can climb the ladder to heaven, step by step, and that is how it should be read. The book is divided into 30 steps, which recall the 30 years Christ was on earth prior to the start of his earthly ministry. The first three steps call readers to reject the world and focus on renunciation, detachment and exile. Steps four to seven look at some of the virtues which are central to the Christian way of life. These are obedience, which also happens to be the longest chapter of the book, repentance, remembrance of death, and joyful mourning. And these are all very active virtues. The next set of steps, steps 8 to 13, examine some of the passions that afflict us and how we can combat them. These include anger, along with its solution, meekness, remembrance of wrongs that are done to us, slander, and finally talkativeness, and its solution, which is silence. Followed up by lying and despondency, we come to steps 14 to 17, which target the material passions and virtues. These are gluttony, chastity, purity, love of money, and then its solution, which is poverty. Steps 18 to 23 continue to attack the passions but turn towards the passions which attack the mind rather than the body. These are insensitivity and sleep, which are combated by vigil, and are followed by cowardice, vainglory, pride, 
and blasphemous thoughts. At this stage, the book returns to the virtues, but these virtues are more difficult. Simplicity, humility, and discernment are steps 24 to 26. Finally, the last four steps from step 27 to step 30 center around theodia, which is the contemplative life. These lead to a distinct focus on union with God through important elements of our spiritual life, such as stillness, prayer, dispassion, and then finally, step 30, which examines the true meaning of faith, hope, and love. The aim of this series, Ascending the Ladder, is to explore these steps through guest speakers and interviews, as well as examining the connections between the Ladder of Divine Ascent and the Lenten period, as well as the connections between the Ladder and Holy Week. As we journey towards Pascha, we hope that this series will help and encourage you as you ascend the ladder. enjoyed this edition of Orthodox Journey. To keep up to date with our podcasts, subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or head to orthodoxjourney.com where you can find even more Orthodox talks, sermons and podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and view more content on the Greek Orthodox Christian Society YouTube channel. Mm-hmm.